Welcome to Aw Crap, the Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. <laughs> <laughs> we giggle at the end. That's part of the intro now. <laughs> uh, and we're still, we're still in the world of quarantine. Yeah. COVID-19. Still uh, stuck. <laughs> still stuck. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't, you know, read our Hellboy because we comics. Yeah, talk hell about yeah, em. hell yeah. It's weird times calls for weird tales. That's how <laughs> what we say here on the podcast. <laughs> it's been pretty. Uh, these are good. How are you, Kate? Pretty good. I'm still able to work from home, so I'm okay. Yes. I'm not like panicked completely. That's good. I work from home as well, so I I'm not panicked, but I am like, uh, things are tight. That's all. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But you know, hopefully we're getting one day closer and safer. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you gotta do it for society. Exactly. Um. But yeah, I'm surprised that we've survived over a month now. I mean, and we talk yeah. about this every episode now. <laughs> Somebody was talking about how uh, in Los Angeles, like once the once those like antibody tests become more prevalent, like a lot of people might see that they have already had it. Oh, wow. Really? I hope that's the case that I'm I had like, well, it I and had it was it. no big deal. And I'm OK. I, I, I'm open to that. I mean, especially with how sick I was at the be- at the end of last year, all Same. through near pretty much february i think it was almost like the quarantine got me well <laughs> i'm wondering if like there's a part of me that's like well i had it <laughs> yeah like my body didn't react in the sense of uh that like it was going to kill me cuz i didn't have like pneumonia or anything but man i had a cough for so much for so long for like 3 months yeah so we'll find out right yeah i don't know maybe I didn't know the antibody thing because I saw my my brother-in-law post that he was getting one or something, but I didn't know that you would tell if I didn't know the details of it. I guess it's like it just shows that you've developed antibodies to it, which would mean that you had to develop those. Uh, So you had it. Crazy. It's like having chicken pox. Once you have it once, you can't get really again, sort of. I don't know if that's like 100% proven, but it's I think that's the general like the way that they've been feeling about it so far like i know there's probably like link i was reading this thing that was like oh lingering health effects afterwards or it's like it can fuck up your liver for years afterwards and all this crazy shit but uh i don't know but it's like i mean like it's like how we all have the common cold right not i don't want to equate them as being the exact same but we all have natural antibodies that fight that you know what I mean? Because we've all had it. I guess at one once point. once you're like in introduced to it, yeah. But like, Crazy. you know, shit mutates. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shit can change overnight, I guess. I don't know. <sighs> but outbreak told I don't know me either. a lot, you know? Fucking stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> all of my knowledge is based on a handful of movies, so and articles. Uh well, you know what? On br- on the brighter side of things, we got some Hellboy stuff to Hell talk yeah. about. Hell yeah. Um, we have a quick little segment of of hell to pay right now. Yeah. The first thing that I want to 
uh, for hell to pay to cover something that costs you nothing. This comes from Newsarama. This is where I pulled, uh, got word of this. The, uh, the headline for the article is Hellboy fan comic puts Big Red back in action while comic publishing is on hold. So this um, comes while we have no new comics coming our way. There's a new five-page story titled Salt of the Sea. Again, it is a fan comic book. This is not canon. It's almost like its own weird tale. Is how you have to like sort of think about this. But it's really well executed, though. It's great. It really is. I was very surprised <laughs> when yeah. I pulled it up and read it. I was like, oh, okay. That was that was decent. Like it could literally fit among what, everything we've read in weird tales. <laughs> he like drew a cover and like you know got everything down. He's got the font. Yeah, it's He's got very like, cool. Yeah, and this um, the writer is Benjamin Ravello, and an artist Michael Monahan. Um, you can find his co- the, their comic book entitled Hellboy: Salt of the Sea. You can find it at Michael M. Art, and it's about five pages. It's pretty much just it's it's a young. It's very funny because they they made a Kate or not. Uh, Kate, Liz Sherman, young, but she's almost identical to her adult self, but just smaller. She's like a mini. Yeah, she like doesn't have cigarettes yet. (laughs) Yeah, she could. They just don't want to show kid smoke. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but it's a pretty quick read. It's fun. I I agree. Like they have all the elements there of someone that is a true fan and loves Mike Mignola's layout to the like the opening title card. Is identical to every yeah. t- almost every title card you've ever we've ever read. It's really fun, <laughs> and it's just like a simple story of them like going to a village to go face off against some evil mermaid. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, so that's something that's free. That like, uh, if you're just looking for something to add to your Hellboy reading and you know support uh, a little artist, it's something to read again that's at yeah. michaelm.art and it's called hellboy salt of the sea it has some fun humor in it too <laughs> some really goofy humor so that's it that's free that's out there go get it if you haven't already <laughs> yeah and then the next thing i got to talk about is is something that i can't we've been missing this a lot lately on the podcast kate because we, we can't be in the same room with each other. But we haven't had a recently uh, one of us gifting each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but this is a plug, but also a gift. This is a call out for Skeleton Crew Studio, LLC, who has licenses within, with Mike Mignola to make a bunch of rad pins and Mike uh, Mignola-like artifacts that they recreate. Uh, but I went ahead to support them during this pandemic. I went ahead and ordered myself and Kate a what? couple of these Hellboy and Abe Sabian pins. Hopefully you can see those on oh, the camera. Sweet. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Sorry I can't get them to you right this second, Oh, man. Kate. That's okay. But they're very cool. Again, that's Skeleton Crew Studio LLC. I believe the website is exactly that. Just typed out like .com or... Uh, we could probably quickly look it up, but Skelton, which is spelled S K E L T O N, Crew Studio LLC. I will, I will actually, when I 
on the week that this episode goes live, I'll definitely take pictures of these and I'll post a link, you know, to their Instagram. But they're very cool. They came pretty quick as well. But I just love the detail because these are like official based, uh, like, a you know, licensed uh, Mignola art yeah. that they've created. A while back, my brother, he ordered like a whole four set or five set pin. And I was very jealous of him that I wasn't able to get him yet. So, yeah. but now, now we got him, you know? Sweet. So they're very cool. Abe Sabian and Hellboy enamel pins. Again, by Skeleton Crew Studio LLC. So if you haven't already got your Hellboy pins, go there, order them. They're official. They're like, they have an official license for the Hellboy stuff. So, like, legit. They're legit. I think, you know, Mignola They've got, like, his cool trinkets and stuff, too. They've got, like, Hellboy's, like, stuff that he wears on his utility belt. Yeah. Which is really cool. It's very cool, all the stuff that they make. Um, And they just go into, like, and there's other, if you like Hellboy, then there's going to be a bunch of other stuff on there as well. They, I think they do some Game of Thrones stuff and et cetera. But for all that Hellboy, like, artifacts and stuff, they just get into a lot of cool detail, you know? Yeah. I think they recreated, remember in the, I I hope I don't, I get the storyline right. I think the third wish, you know how they put that nail on his head that kept him underwater and he could breathe, the magical yeah. nail? They recreated that, I believe. You can get that. <laughs> so that's yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, the Bagrish's nail. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. And then they have like a pouch. If you just want something like, for your D and D dice, or your, you want to keep your pins in, they have like a cool BPRD like pouch that they make. Yeah, like a leather kind of tie, like drawstring pouch. It's really yeah, cool. high quality stuff. Again, Skeleton Crew Studio LLC. Check it out. Buy their stuff. They'll ship it to you. So hell yeah, that's <laughs> so. There you go. Um, that's it for. This is very short but very cool segment of Hell to Pay. Yeah. <laughs> so without further delay, let's talk about some, let's go through some stories of. Yeah, let's get into some weird tales. Yeah, we got two more stories that we're going to cover this week that will take care of volume one of Weird of Weird Tales. So go for it, Kate. Yeah. The first one we're looking at is Stillborn. Uh, Stillborn is written by. Mike Hollingsworth and Alex Maleev, and illustrated by Alex Maleev, colored by Matt Hollingsworth, and lettered by Galen Showman, edited by Scott Alley, and it was published in Hellboy Weird Tales number three, uh, June 25th, 2003. It's really cool, like jumps right into this, like this scene. It's like almost like a cold open of like a hospital where Liz is there with Abe and Hellboy and they're trying to convince this doctor to, to let them into um, a room where a mother's going to give birth or like a a woman is going to give birth. And it's like, it kind of sounds like it's going to be like dangerous. Liz is like, this is going to be dangerous basically if if we're not in the room for whatever's going to come out of this lady. Okay. (laughs) And like uh, the doctor's like, I'm a little scared of, of, you got like the parents don't really want you in there. You freak them out. Pregnancy is a very seems like the most one of the most vulnerable things ever. <laughs> yeah, really. To have, I mean, regardless of Hellboy and Abe looking the way they look, 
I don't want to. I don't think anybody wants Strangers. a fucking stranger aside from a doctor in there. Yeah. <laughs> like who the fuck? Why do we have a crowd in here? <laughs> um, and then like, uh, Hellboy's like kind of listening to like the conversation, sort of waiting, and he shuts his eyes and has this vision of the child or whatever, the like fetus and um, big, like tentacly sort of like embiotic fluidy kind of like floaty squid like thing encapsulating Mm -hmm. the fetus. Um, And it like wraps Hellboy up in the, in a tentacle and you see this little like three headed creature with like tentacle legs that the fetus like is, yeah. you know, and it's like Ooh. tossing Hellboy around and then suddenly stops. And then the like outside tentacly sort of like the stuff that had surrounded the fetus is dissipated. It's all gone. And it just leaves this little three headed or three like faced four legged kind of creature that this thing, like, you know, this like, fetus kind of is jacked up yeah. uh and then hellboy sees this really creepy floating figure kind of like scoot by you know just like eerily float by, past him i just like your description of scoot by he scoots on by uh, it's it's not it's not the right word for what he's doing it's like it's like it's like when you see like a creepy like it's he's got like the creepy like hanging feet you know, yeah, like yeah, he's levitated. He's, like, uh, he's <laughs> levitating. Yeah, he levitates by, and he is like he looks like death. Basically, he's got like a black cloak with like a hood and some sort of like weird cage torch. And the thing, like the death thing, like takes the fetus away. And then Hellboy sees this vision of like thousands of these death creatures. That are like some of them are holding on to what looks like a corpse, and then some of them are holding on to lights. And Hellboy's just looking up and kind of taking it in. Uh, and then a snake, a huge like python kind of snake, like slithers past under his feet. And in the wake of the snake's slithering, a crack in the ground starts to kind of break apart the the ground from beneath Hellboy's feet and then he falls through and then his eyes we kind of see like from Hellboy's point of view his eye opening and he looks at this scene of Liz and Abe and the doctor talking and then another doctor runs in and is like this woman is flatlining and Hellboy's kind of like it's okay Liz she doesn't need our help the baby's gone like the baby's dead and gone so Hellboy like sees that this what was going to be this baby kind of like, you know, whatever this creature was going to be has been like, has died during childbirth and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Crazy, like really trippy, pretty like abstract story for Hellboy, I think. But like, yes, I think told in a really cool way. And I really like this guy's art. Like he has a great balance of like giving Hellboy slightly more like not like realistic anatomy necessarily because he still has like a super stylized like mouth especially he's got like a million front teeth like his little teeth are all like yeah uh, like his scowl is like you know and it varies too like I kind of like 
I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty into the drawings for, for this one. I thought they were really cool. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I was like, where do I recognize Alex Maliev? Because yeah. I was like, I feel like I know this art when I first picked it up and I was like, I couldn't first figure it out. And then I realized when I was looking up both him and Matt Hollingsworth, first off, Matt Hollingsworth, he's a colorist mainly. So this is okay. like sort of like his venture into writing, which a lot of these were, were like, uh, they got people that normally didn't write a lot of stories or they were artists and they just let artists write their story, the stories they wanted to tell. Cool. He, he's mostly known for colors. Of course, he has won Eisner, the Eisner award for preacher death, death, the time of your life and challengers of unknown in 1997. Is that other ones? These are just notable ones. I'm saying he's also been nominated for other ones. His big thing that I am mostly aware of, and I don't know if you've read it or not, Kate, um, did you ever read Matt Fraction and David Aja uh, Aja uh, is Hawkeye Run? No, no. So many people are like in love with it, though. You got to, and he did the colors. So I'm just like, of course, the colors are some of the best colors in comics in that run. It's gorgeous. So he's he's mostly known for that, and he's amazing. And then I was looking up Alex, and I was like, oh, of course, he did. He was. He did some art for Brian uh, Michael Bendis's run in Daredevil. That's oh, cool. where I remember his stuff, and that's another amazing run of Daredevil. Uh, Mike Brian uh, Michael Bendis's run on Daredevil is, I think, iconic. And you know, I'm only speaking what most comic book readers already know. But if you haven't read it, you should read his run of it. Hell yeah! And Alex's art really adds to that stuff. Um, he's done. Uh, he he does like he will he will return at one point in a Hellboy and BPRD run, uh, limited series with Mignola and Arcudi. So we'll see his art again in the normal looks like the normal run of Hellboy in the BPRD. But he's also contributed to other a lot of other Avengers stuff, DC stuff, a lot of Batman stuff. It looks like a lot of one offs or miniseries he's part of. And of course, cool. I I was just going through his thing, and he he looks like he's done the like two. Three mini two three issue miniseries of the Crow, and I was like, "Of course, this art yeah. would be per this art would be perfect for the Crow." <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think the art is is brilliant. It's the most. I mean, it's mostly silent except for the first and last page. It's very just image poetic images about like a weird afterlife, in a sense. Yeah, I, this sort of like limbo, like blank white area but like even the white areas have like texture this uh, like these like creepy rows of death like the way that this death figure is depicted is really cool yeah I do really like that um, interpretation the hanging of feet are so creepy yeah it's very creepy it almost this is it's, it's not what they're going for because this is far much more creepy but it also makes me rem reminds me immediately of in Beetlejuice when that flattened guy is on his little track coming through the offices of the, yeah. the afterlife. <laughs> yeah. They feel like, cause they're just in these rows. Yeah. They're just uh, <laughs> very dumb reference. Like rows of uh, shirts, like uh like dry cleaning. Yeah. Death is just, they just drop the body off. Then they get their robes clean and then they move <laughs> on to the next dead person. <laughs> and then I, the tripod or like not even tripod. Cause it looks like, the Cthulhu like demon that the baby is in like sort of 
inside of it first. Yeah, it's like encapsulated by this like creature. Yeah, I love that imagery. I feel like this thing was trying because I love that this leaves you sort of up to our own as the reader interpretation of what we think has gone on. Yeah, it feels like that thing was maybe attempting or demon or whatever ancient being was trying to maybe embody the baby. But in the course, yeah, like take over, yeah, yeah, possess it or whatever. But it, of course, didn't work. It fucked up the baby, and then the baby didn't survive that. Which yeah. is also, in addition to just being a, about a monster story, it's sad that it's just like, oh, and then that woman lost her baby. Yeah, <laughs> like, good. And Lord. maybe died. Like possibly she died. Too. Like she's like flatlining by the end of it. Yeah. Woof. That is. Some dark stuff. The the Cthulhu thing that is encapsulating the baby though makes me think of the movie The Arrival. Did you or Arrival? Oh yeah, with uh, Amy Adams. Yeah, it reminds me of those aliens a little bit. Yeah, yeah, the sort of like inky floatiness of it. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. The, I mean, I think I I agree with you. I think this was a good read, a very simple, a different way to like have them deal with something. Yeah. Uh, and I think rereading it with you, it made me go, oh, yeah, because when I first read it, I was like, man, I would have loved to see that thing come out of the woman and he have to fight it. But then I was like, no, it's different. And I, I can appreciate it, especially with reading it with you. I can really appreciate approaching it in a different way than we've ever seen in the normal Hellboy series. It's just like an interesting. Yeah, like he's like fighting it in his mind or like his. I don't know, like, it's like a projection of it or it's like him, you know, just going, like, seeing what's happening to this creature and sort of, like, having a cool way to depict him, like, fighting something in a mental way, like his, like, will fighting it almost. Yeah. It's, like, it's interesting, yeah, like, we don't really see him doing that a lot. Not at all. And I think that plays into the mythos that Hellboy hasn't... Like, just a natural connection to the other side. Yeah. In that world. So, like, Very Yeah, like, it makes sense that he would be able to, like, sense that it was dying. And, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it was a good story. A good, yeah. interesting story. Very cool. All right. I, I don't have any other... I mean, do you have any favorite moments? I think we've sort of discussed it a, a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, even, like, I, I really like just the drawings of the... Like, even in the first page where you see Hellboy with, like, the kind of hospital, like, green-yellow panel, like, uh, tiles and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I like this artist's style because it doesn't feel super precise, but not in a way that's, like, sloppy. Like, it's it feels like a finished drawing, even though it's, like, very, like the lines are kind of wavy and it's not, like like... I think that this art style matches this kind of story really, really well. Like a sort of like, it's not like super concrete in the physical realm sort of a story. It's like, it's like a dreamy sort of like meant like within your mind's eye kind of shit. Like it's, I, I yeah, thought, yeah, I thought yeah. It, yeah, I thought like that art complemented the story. Like I, I'm sure these guys, maybe they've like worked together before or something, but I thought it was a great team up and like they, the thing that they produced was awesome. A hundred percent agree. Can't even, can't say more than that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, you want to move on to the next one? Yeah. So this one 
uh, also really enjoyed it. Super huge leap away from the feel of the of stillborn. Uh, this one's called Party Pooper. Like an like immediately you get that like sense that it's like less um you know less like grave. Although it does have a kind of melancholy moments, I would say. Oh, but for yeah, sure. um, Party Pooper. Uh, by Andy Watson, uh, written and illustrated by Andy Watson, edited by Scott Alley. And uh, that was published in Hellboy Weird Tales number one in February 2003. I love it. Yeah. And so it's like the illustration style, almost like a children's book-ish, like with the exception of like the the colors are like super muted. Um, Yeah. Kind of like blues and purples, you know, except for like Hellboy. But even Hellboy's red isn't like super, super red. It's like kind of a toned down. It's like a muted red a little bit. But yeah, the illustrations almost remind me of like Matilda or something like the. Oh, have you ever like read that when you were a kid? I didn't really read that, but that's what the, I, I think you're right that those illustrations in those books. But it also reminds me a lot of. And maybe I'm wrong. What was the the book about the French, the little French girl and Fuck, like? That's what I meant. That's what I mean. Not Matilda. It's not what's Matilda, that? right? What's the one with the little Fuck. French girl that's like always? It's in the school with the nun that leads them around. She's that's, always in a yellow raincoat. Dude, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> Madeline. 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 Yes, this exactly. That's what I meant. Scratch Matilda. Cr- <laughs> crumple that up and throw it away. But I, I don't I think meant Madeline. I do think that like. Uh, What's what? What is that guy's name that wrote Matilda? Oh my God, um, Beth's gonna kill me because it's like one of her favorite authors. <laughs> but it's I feel the like same guy who did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Yeah, I think so. But I think the illustrations that Christ accom- man, the illustrations that accompany yeah. those books of like, um, I think are very similar as well. But yes, Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl's the illustrations that come with Roald Dahl's books are very similar but yes i think i meant madeline madeline is right i was on. wrong <laughs> madeline though is right on <laughs> whoops it's all good well tell yeah. us what, what happens it's reminiscent of that for sure uh yeah so it kind of opens with like kate sort of just trying to get hellboy out of the like out of the bprd headquarters she's like you're sulking around too much so we're going to the boardwalk <laughs> You want to shoot something? Sure. And so he's like trying the various like boardwalk games and they don't go exactly right. He does it in his Hellboy way. (laughs) He like shoots a little duck and the bullet ricochets everywhere and almost like hits the employee. Um, (laughs) He's a bad uh, shot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Over here, this is more your thing. And he like takes a little ball to like throw it at something to like win a prize and he fucking smashes the pedestal that it's sitting on. <laughs> and then it's like a really sad moment for a second where they're, they've like left the boardwalk and gone onto the beach and Hellboy's just like the years pass and you wonder whether you're getting, whether you're getting closer or further away from what you are. And Kate's just like, looks very sad. Yeah. It's like, you have no, she you don't know really what to say know what to, to it. Say. Yeah. Right. She's like, oh, man, this guy's just depressed. I don't know how to help my friend. There's like a lot in this like uh, in this like small expression. I think it's really good. I agree. Um, Yeah. 
And then it shows a shot like back at the BPRD and you see he won a little penguin in the game. <laughs> Even though he's sitting broke on it. a chair. Yeah, he smashed it. They were probably like, here, take it. Leave us alone. <laughs> and then we see like they had set up like a whole happy birthday situation. Hellboy's like, oh, this is why you wanted me out of the way. And like Liz has like a stack of a super high stack of pancakes. We made your favorite. Um, she lights the candle and then even as he's like looking into the candle of his like his birthday candle, he sees an image of a throne with the crown burning uh, and kind of sees that like transparently in front of his friends. And then someone, I guess, maybe Rasputin. I think it's I mean, it's Rasputin or is it that guy? I don't know if it's Rasputin. I think it's that it might. I think it's the the guy that, that's been that, appearing to uh fucking Liz? No, I think it's number the demon and I cannot think of his name and all the listeners are going to yell at me. But the demon that was in Box of Evil that appeared to him and said, "Hey, I'll be waiting for you. Let me know." Um cuz he's holding the snake at the end of that. When he before he goes back into the the capital of hell. Um Oh. I I'm very bad at remembering fucking names oh god what is his name <laughs> box of evils where we first really met him and then we were able to and then we were given his name and everything and and by the way the title is box full of evil jesus christ big box of evil with full of evil stuff <laughs> yeah I, I if you remember the last image we had of him in that story and it had the capital of hell behind him and everything he is on that like seahorse fucking creature and he's holding a snake so I, oh, cool. I and he has like a beard like that. It's him. I don't think it's. Oh, I see. I see. I think that's cool. why he's saying you were born of it and shall return to it. Your seat awaits you. Because that's like the last thing he he told me. He's like, no matter what, this right. is I'll be we'll be waiting. You just let me know. And he right. the Hellboy's like, shut up. Like, leave me out. Uh, yeah. Away. The classic thing of like, this is your fate. This is your destiny and you can't escape it. And then you'll end up here. Yeah. And he took the crown and he took the crown from. From Hellboy in that moment, symbolically or literally took his crown and took it back to hell for, to wait for him to come. So, yeah. Yeah. And Very, then. And again, I love oh, that this artist incorporated that because I think yeah. sometimes we've seen in these stories that feel like people are sort of they like Hellboy, but you can kind of get the uh, the feeling that through the storyline they miss. It's like, I don't know if you fully understand this character, but right. like this really lets you know, like, well, they've been keeping up. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're like, yeah, they've they're a fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And and I like to like the reaction that Hellboy has that also shows an understanding of the character is like, even though this dark vision appears to him in this candle, he's like, blow hard, <laughs> and like blows the <laughs> candle out and then has fun with his friends, like enjoys himself and his pancakes with his with his friends. And he wears like a little birthday crown. Yeah. Instead I love of that. this, like, you know, you know, he choose he makes a choice. Like he has such great agency throughout the whole thing. And that's like what's really captivating. I think a lot about Hellboy is like he's choosing to go against what all of these demons are telling him that he is born to do. And this he, was like a really fun way to show that, I think. I do too. I agree. And and again, it's like somebody I'm going to I'm going to sound like a broken record on this one, but I love someone that is completely different from Mike Mignola in the world that we know stylistically and tonally. Totally. But this guy's bringing his own thing into it, finds moments of melancholy that we recognize from the source. 
material, but then just puts it in his own style and but stays true to really what Hellboy's story is. It's a I love that. I love the yeah, the illustrations have these this great even compared to Mignola, a level of simplicity that's like you know, like it'll be like a line, like the way that like um like Abe Sapiens depicted, it's like super simple, two little lines for the eyes and one little slash for the mouth, and it's like you still can construe like an expression from that. Like it's really super economical with the lines, and it still looks really great. It looks awesome. I agree. I love the colors. I love all the the two pages of him seeing the vision in the candle. I think yeah. I love those. And I love the contrast of the, like on uh, the page where he sees the crown in the flame. I love the white, like just the outline of the crown over his face. Yeah. And then the next panel is his four friends. But in that light, I think that's such, it's so cool seeing totally. him sort of having those two, de- that decision to make, do I follow that or do I stay yeah. with my friends? I love that. <laughs> Like he's seeing literally past it. He's seeing like through the fire and the vision into the like world, the present that he's with his friends, his family, basically. Yes. His true family. I love that. Oh, and I love it. Extremely cool. Yeah, it was great. A delightful little story. And I'm glad you were so solid. And I'm glad you called out that melancholy moment and brought like the the gravitas that it deserves because I think again, like that would be a very heavy shadowy scene that Mignola would do. And Andy Watson really finds a way to keep his color palette, but really tell us like, Oh, this is a different moment in the entire story. It's like depicted with pastels and like has like this very, like still has like a very cold feeling. He has like this great sort of like dry brush or like, chalk sort of texture to the black throughout the whole comic and in this these two panels he's got that sort of like this dark sky that's sort of like weighing over them you know like it's really really cool it's like a super painterly kind of style you know he's like you like feel the brush strokes here yeah i love it um any favorite panels or anything Probably, uh, yeah, I think that I think like what you were talking about, like the him looking at his friends through the fire, I think is like just really cool. Yeah. It like accomplishes a lot with one panel and it just looks cool, too. Like, I think he draws them in a cool way. Yeah, he does. They each have such a uh, in the simplicity of his art. You see their personalities so quickly to the point where, like, I love how Roger's eyes are just in his mouth are just like lines, simple Little dashes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. What about you? I, I, I have uh, my absolute favorite. I think is that we've seen, and it's his simplicity. What I love is like we see him sort of like being a grump at the beginning of the story and melancholy. Yeah. As soon as he sees the party, what I love is like he has that line of dialogue where he says, this is why you wanted me out of the way. Sort of being still a little callous towards them and like right. holding, you know, not holding, saying like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, not thank you. Just holding his feelings and emotions at the, at the, close to the chest. But yeah. then I think that panel of of which is sort of reminiscent of a Mignola choice to put a panel inside the a, a smaller like panel inside the larger panel. Of his just his his simple smile, Hellboy's simple smile, just registering that they got through to him. I love yeah. that moment, and I think that it's so 
it's so um relatable where we can be like grumpy yeah. and then like something like that's like all right you got me you're in a bad <laughs> mood yeah and it's like okay begrudgingly i'll cheer up for you <laughs> yeah i love that and then i do love on the one right before he shoots the duck i love the shot of hellboy aiming and kate uh kate corrigan just behind her sort of pleased with herself yeah like watching him like all right here we go it's like okay <laughs> he's trying to have fun yeah i like that a lot <laughs> but the whole thing is delightful in general totally i have one thing i'll call out and this is just because i got to call out liz sherman for this She's smoking while smoking right over the, the pancakes that Hellboy's yeah. supposed to see. Come on, let's take Getting a little spice on it. <laughs> Put your cigarette out. <laughs> but that's she's it. She's addicted. She's, yeah, she's addicted, man. It's hard to quit. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, uh, I want to save the covers for when we reach the very end of Weird Tales to talk about those and maybe some of the sketch books that they give us. Because oh, yeah. that stuff is sort of split up in a weird way, but they'll probably all be collected in the omnibus. But I did want to just... I was going to say, I didn't even check the back of this thing to look. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at them now. Oh, they're so cool. Yeah, I think we should save a little discussion for that for the very end. Because yeah, there's so many call. of them and the collections and really all over neat. the place. Something that's not in the omnibus is the afterword from Mike Mignola. It's not anything groundbreaking, but I just wanted to read his like... Yeah. One little part of it. Because the first part is just like him sort of being his normal sort of uh, uh, humble self of like, well, I just wanted to do something myself. I didn't know it would be big, you know. But then he, I yeah. like what he says right here. Once they just, um, he says, this is what Mignola says. He says, that so many of my fellow cartoonists have been wanting to draw or write this funny little character of mine. That's the nicest compliment there is. When my long-suffering editor, Scott Alley, and I began seriously discussing this project, meaning Weird Tales, I gave him just one suggestion. Get people who know what they're doing and let them do what they do. Simple as that. I didn't want to be involved. I just wanted to sit back and enjoy the results. And I have. He says, yeah, I love that. And I want to thank everyone who contributed to Weird Tales Volume 1. Can't wait for Volume 2. There you go, Mike Mignola. <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, yeah, very perfect afterward for him. Very Mignola-y. <laughs> very funny. I love he just was like, nah, just, just do what you do. No judgment. Yeah. Just do what you do. <laughs> Which is what we got, I think, thus far. I think that that's a nice thing about it being none of it being considered canon, that you can kind of do that and be like, okay, you want to draw it? Great. Like, I don't want to be managing all of you doing it either. You know, it's like, go do your thing. It's very nice of you to want to do this. And I'm sure by the time these were published, it's like he'd been doing it for so long. You know, it's like well established enough that nobody's going to mistake this for Mignola's original work, like, you know, for the original comic or anything. Yeah, Um, totally. Yeah. So it's like he has the freedom to be like, yeah, go, you know. Pick people that are really great, and then they'll do a great job, and then I'll read it later, and I don't, <laughs> I don't really care to <laughs> make sure it all fits in. It'll just be non-canon. Right. And I think he's yeah. had such a, a probably a tight hold on the the, the, the regular storyline that it's like probably a relief just to be like, do it, and I don't have to care. <laughs> uh-huh. totally. Un- unlike when he, like, his experience with the movie when it eventually became out of his hands, 
And then he had to return to be like, I got to write the island to let my readers know that's not that's yeah. not Hellboy. <laughs> this he could just be like, they had fun, but it had, I still have hold of my own, which is great. Well, that's it. That's it for this week on Weird Tales. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Two different, very contrasting stories that we both, sounds like we both loved. They were great. Totally. Oh, yeah. Um, we want to hear from all of you out there, listeners. Um, please reach out to us. Tell us your thoughts on any of the weird tales from this week or prior or any Hellboy stuff that you've listened to in the prior episodes. You can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. We will respond to your emails. We'll read them right here on the podcast and give you, we'll take your feedback, whether that's negative or not. <laughs> uh, hopefully it's not. Uh, but we'll definitely take your feedback if it's negative. <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm reiterating that. Uh, <laughs> Come shit on us. Just, yeah, shit on. We're crappers. Come take a big shit. That's one of our nicknames, the crappers. That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but you can also follow us on Instagram at Aw Crap Hellboy Podcast, Twitter Aw Crap Hellboy to keep updated anything we post on there. I try to keep pretty regularly uh, a post on at least five days a week. Sometimes I don't be able, I'm not able to hit that, but I try my best to do that regularly. We will respond to you on there. Most things that you send to us via that format is really just for us to have a communication with you back and forth. But anything that you want to have us touch on. On the show, do email us. Again, that's at oddcrap, a Hellboy podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. And if you can please bring other listeners to the podcast, share this with them, as well as you can go on to whatever podcast format you are. Give us a review. Give us a rating if they have that. If on Apple Podcasts you go and you give us a five-star review that starts with the word boom, you know boom from Hellboy, if it starts with a boom, we will read your review and give you a big old shout out right here on the podcast. We call that boom reviews, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but we can't wait to hear from all of you. We'll be back. I'm assuming next week, continued weird tales while we're all getting through this quarantine and pandemic together. Well, all I can say is stay safe. Keep washing yeah. your hands. Take care of yourself. Dave, you're, before we finish, your beard is very big and full. You have Thank a huge you. big beard. It looks great. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. I have no idea. You know, I'm sure beard shaping is hard, but it looks great. I, I don't know. I appreciate that. It's a I don't know what goes into it. I probably do an okay job of it because I'm not, but I mean, a double down. I was already committing to the beard and then quarantine hit, so it just like helped it get fuller. So Yeah. There you yeah. go. I'm you just sat there putting it in the sun, letting it grow. Yeah, just letting it grow. That's like how a, beards like a, work, right? Yeah, they grow like a chia pet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think. Okay, you. sorry, that was it. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, I'll take a compliment. <laughs> uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. <laughs> uh, thank you all out there for listening. We appreciate it. And remember, we love you. I had eggs flown in just right now, so I got to just set those aside. Uh, <laughs> got to set those aside, let those get cold. Let those get cold, and then eat I'll them eat over them. <laughs> a period of three hours. Ah, <laughs> oh, you know me so well, Kate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Ever wanted to hear from the neighbor at 9 Cloverfield Lane? Or what if I told you that Dr. Loomis's worst patient wasn't Michael Myers? I'm Adam Peacock, host of the podcast My Neighbors Are Dead. Join me each week as I talk to the lesser-known characters from your favorite horror films. Each week is an all-new, fully improvised journey into the unknown, featuring friends and luminaries from the worlds of comedy, horror, and beyond. New episodes every Tuesday on Campfire Media. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Campfire.